Hello and welcome to another episode of the SEO Unplugged podcast. I'm your host, Itamar Blauer, and today I'm joined with Diana Richardson, who is the social media and community manager at SEMrush. Diana, how are you doing? I am so grateful to be talking to you today. <laughs> That's the spirit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And yeah, today we're going to be talking about something that I'm pretty sure a lot of people will find like they can relate like a lot. <laughs> you can really relate to this because we're talking about setting SEO expectations. Now, especially when it comes to people who might not be well-versed in SEO, it's really, really important, right? To be able to set expectations so that they don't fire you, like if it's a client <laughs> and so that they don't hate you. Or they don't uh, doubt like you, that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. You don't think that you're like trying to put them off because you're trying to set realistic expectations in your mind. But because we live in this world of instant gratification, they think that you're, you know, trying to drag them along or you're trying to, you know, I don't want to cuss, but like try to BS them or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it's, it. It's a tough skill. <laughs> exactly. And this is what we're going to hopefully be helping all of you uh, listeners out there with uh, in terms of how to set SEO expectations in a way where people won't hate you, which is very important. <laughs> um, but let's go first of all into the why. So Dana, like, why do you think it is important to set SEO expectations from the get-go? Yeah, yeah. It's very good question and so important because as you progress in the world of SEO, as you hit the milestones, they need the clients or the, you know, maybe your C-suite, whoever you're working with, they need to understand the progress. So they don't, you can't like expect number one on Google tomorrow. So if you set those expectations from the beginning of the conversation, they won't expect that from the beginning of the conversation or the beginning of the project or the beginning of the campaign. So you have to do yourself a favor and be upfront, realistic, and do it from the get-go. And that's actually a really good segue into maybe like what, how should you set SEO expectations? And I do it a lot with milestones and talk about first we will accomplish this, which will benefit the site in this way. And you kind of like build up the step-by-step-by-step -step -step into what will be the rankings. So many people still, in my experience, gauge SEO success is in rankings and even in the world of like our personalized uh, you know search results and our mobile especially like on mobile everything is so personalized that organic positions aren't it, it was it's it was, it was the thing when seo first began and it's never kind of completely gone away because how else do you kind of gauge your improving because you do i mean we as seos we do still report on rankings but um you know, there's got to be other ways that we can set expectations and then also expectations for what results are good results with the client too. So that's an important piece of this as well. That was a big long tangent to say, <laughs> start setting SEO expectations with your milestones, your project milestones. Mm -hmm. And I'd imagine the, the kind of well, like what might happen if you don't do that is like, it will maybe be a few weeks into the beginning of a project and then you know if you're not communicating this stuff from the beginning you might get a, a client or a business owner who's like well what what are you actually doing like what exactly. what am i spending my money on it's like what what are you actually doing for exactly. me exactly that you said it exactly right yeah and i think 
they're hiring you because SEO was a mystery to them. And sometimes they think it's like magic that we all went to, you know, the Hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry and can magically transform websites when really it is a lot of behind the scenes things. But part of that is communicating that to to the clients so they can understand that this isn't just, you know, revamping the homepage and then all the magical rankings happen and all the traffic comes in and they all convert. Like there, there is definitely um, a communication process with the client too. So they can, they can understand that and have that answer. What are you actually doing to my website? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I suppose as well, if they don't understand that, that adds, especially if they're like, let's assume they have no idea. It's like, if they don't understand all of these things, then they're going to have a lot of anxiety, maybe, or they're well, going to be sitting there waiting for them to be ranking on the first page of Google. They're just, yeah. they're going to check every day. And every day they're going to ask you, why aren't I ranking on the first page of Google? When really, yeah, you're doing all of this behind the scenes, cool stuff. And that's, again, like open communication, be real, straight from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, communication, my communication. goodness. Communication. What an important thing. Yeah, don't be afraid to be real about it. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes it is difficult to communicate, but you have to do yourself a favor and be honest with this communication. And a lot of times in my experience, and I actually got a reputation at my two jobs ago of being the person to go to, to like set clients straight, because I just said it straightforward. Um, a lot of the times it actually helps build your authority. If you're able to communicate straightforwardly, if you're, if you're able to say it, Hey, look, I've been doing this for three years. This is how it happens. This is how it works. I've been successful. This is what we're going to do. And if you take that authority in your voice and your communication, then that, you know, goes a long way with the client too. So don't be afraid. I call it being a little sassy. Diana likes to be a little sassy. So that's what I call it. Um, But don't be too afraid of that because that really can, that, that in and of itself communicates your knowledge and your experience. So if they, if you, if you don't say that, then they're, they might not understand that you, that you have experience with successful SEO. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. all part of like the interpersonal communication strategies. <laughs> but then you also get some people who might be around the bush and it's like, you got to think about it from your client's perspective. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, they might be a, a CMO or they might be a CEO or business leader, decision maker. Like they don't have the time to, to, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, go, you know, it's like you have to explain things clearly because mm-hmm. they don't have the time to be able to sit through like a whole 10 minute conversation when all you're basically going to say at the end of the day is it depends. No, I'm joking. You won't say that. But <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't be going through like a 10 minute conversation if all you're saying to them is, listen, here's what's going to happen. We're going to do this, this, this and this. Like you could say that in 30 seconds, really mm-hmm. and truly. So like, not beating around the bush because, you know, time is money, especially for the people who you are speaking to. So, you know, you've got to think about it from that side as well. I, th- I think it's, you know, it can be quite selfish <laughs> if you, you kind of know what you want to say, but like 
maybe you want to make it sound very, uh, I don't know, how should I say it? More complex than it needs to be, right. really and truly. Because uh, I think, yeah, a lot of stuff can be explained in quite simple terms, in my opinion, anyway. Absolutely. especially And especially with SEO. But then we, just like anything, when you're in it all the time, it already seems simple to you. And sometimes... I mean, especially with me, because I'm a talker, I'll skip things and then it just muddles the communication. So part of this too is understanding who you're talking to and under, on a personal level, like understanding how to communicate to this person. So if I'm talking to Itamar, who is the CEO of XYZ Business and you don't have any time, then maybe I can draw you up a really nice timeline in an email so that when you have five minutes of your own time, you have it da, 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 laid out in a nice PDF or it's on our contract or it's the first report I send you or something. So that way you just have it in front of your face and you don't have to be on the phone with me. There are tons of clients that I knew personally only through email and not on the phone. So, but you have to gauge that on an individual basis because people do, some people are visual learners. So I encourage you to walk people through this is what like this is what your WordPress site looks like on the back end. And this is what I mean, if there are some people that learn like that. And so you'll have to change your communication style and the way you're communicating these expectations based on the person on the other end. And so it's worth experimenting and trying it in different ways. We had a lot of success. Um, the last agency I was with with video calls. And even if we couldn't get them on the phone, we would do a Google Hangout or a Google Meet or a Zoom. And I could show them my screen. I could show them SEMrush. I could show them, you know, Facebook ads behind the scenes. So they felt more involved in the process. And it wasn't this like convoluted concept that they had no visual reference for. So change your communication style based on the client. Oh, 100%. And that also part of that communication strategy is the language you're using. Because like, yeah. we're SEOs, we know a lot of terms that the average Joe... We know a lot Joe, of acronyms. <laughs> we, we, know a lot of ac- we know a lot of acronyms. But, but also it's like, we know a lot of things like SEO terminology that the average Joe would have absolutely no idea. And yeah. it's like, with that, part of your communication strategy should also be to gauge how well the person you're talking to understands SEO. If they've kind of dabbled in it or if they've had maybe like an in-house person for whatever, they might have a better idea, maybe. And you kind of need to ask them because if they do, then of course you can get, you know, maybe a bit more technical. But if it's somebody who has no idea, never done SEO before, it's like you can't just go and talk to them about mum. They'd be like, why are you bringing my mum into this? Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> right. like, and, you, you know. and like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, I had lunch two hours ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, but this is the, (laughs) but this is the thing though. It's like, you need to really understand how the other person is going to be receptive to you and how they're going to understand you. Because if they're not going to understand the technical terms, don't use technical terms, make it simple. And and that's all part of really understanding your clients or the person who you're talking to, especially when you're setting expectations, because like the more technical terms use, you know, oftentimes people are like, oh, maybe I'll use really technical terms because it'll make me sound really smart. But in reality, it's like the person has no idea what you're saying. So either (laughs) they're going to be left dumbfounded or they might just, you know, stop working with you because they're like, okay, we are, we are not on the same wavelength. Yes, yes. (laughs) absolutely. And so as SEOs, we 
we are storytellers and both with the content that we write, but in our communication style. And that includes reporting and setting expectations. And I think a lot of the terms that we use, we also need the context around it. If you're just, if you're, especially like metrics and things, like if you're just reporting on bounce rate and you tell them like they have this 12% bounce rate, like what does that even mean? Cause they're going to come back and ask you, is that good, bad? And some pages that's good, some pages that's bad. Like you, there's a lot of context creation and there's a lot of storytelling around our reporting. So, right, like don't just blatantly report on CTR and it's something, you know, these acronyms that no one's going to understand. They have to understand like their actual impact and what that means for them. So, if you're talking about something like bounce rate, tell them the story of, how many people are, how the content is resonating with our audience, how quickly people are leaving, how is that a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the page. And then that's how you can get through to them. I mean, that's how we all had to learn. I mean, we didn't, we weren't born with like this knowledge. Like it all came from learning and doing it over and over and over again. And we have to keep that same mindset with the people that we work with because they don't know and they need us and they want us and they're looking for our services. But we we have to put ourselves in their shoes and not the years that we've been doing SEO shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think that like something part of that that I want to also uh, focus in on just as like the last sort of segment is there might be people out there who when they're trying to set SEO expectations, they might be a bit anxious in mm -hmm. terms of like talking to the client or business owner and actually, you know, setting the expectations. They might be a bit anxious in terms of talking to them. So what advice do you have uh, for somebody who might be a bit scared to to kind of like get on the phone with, with you know, <laughs> the CEO or the CMO and and kind of talk them through what they should expect? What What do you think? Yeah, I had at my, the agency I was with where I learned SEO from the ground up, I ended up being the supervisor of the team. So I trained my other SEOs all the time and they always, they didn't always, they got over it because we, they had the mindset I'm about, I'm about to say, but when the phone rang, all of them would be like, <sighs> like, cause I knew it was just somebody calling to complain or ask a tough question, but that's okay because Though that means that they are engaged and that they care and that they they give a bleep because that and that's a good thing. You want those questions and you're and you have to accept that in your mind as a good thing because this shows that the client cares. And would we all want blind trust from all of our clients? Maybe yes, maybe no. But it's good to get those questions. It's good to hear them, even when they're upset and it, and they're complaining. That's okay because then we we have the knowledge, we have the power to take back that conversation, calm it down, and reset the expectations. And those are all fabulous relationship building opportunities. They're all a great way to show your your authority and your knowledge, as well as build trust and even like a friendship with your client. You can make a joke and like cut cut the tension or something and, um, you know, treat this person as like a real person and not as a, a, a signal in your body for anxiety. It's okay that they're asking tough questions. And it's okay if you don't know the answer, by the way, it is okay to say, I don't know, let me find out and I will get back to you. <laughs> that was a really tough one for me to learn at the beginning of my career. It took one of my like boss bosses to sit down and say, 
Diana, what would happen if you said, I don't know to this client? And I was like, they're going to think I'm stupid. And they're like, no, they just think you're going to be proactive and find the answer. And then you'll know, and then they'll know. <laughs> so it took like somebody to tell me that to make me comfortable with that. So hopefully I'm, I'm telling you in our podcast listeners, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'll find out. I'll get back to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and, and I think even with that, like if there are people who might be a bit anxious to, you know, have these conversations, I think at the end of the day, it's like, you need to understand that, you know, we've, we've all got a job to do. And it's like, there's not going to be anyone who knows absolutely everything. Um, And also, I think it's, it's just part of the experience in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know, talking to clients and that all of that, it, like like over time is going to massively improve how you yes. communicate with people so it's like if you're scared to take that leap of faith it's like that you've got there's nothing to to lose really because it's like you only only improve mm-hmm. when you're doing this and it's like that's the thing it's like you take that leap of faith you do it you you t- say it how it is um uh, some something that you might want to try and do is maybe just gauge like how the person is talking to you because then you can maybe try and like match their tone but i would say for the most part just be yourself like i've like i usually if i'm trying to you know set expectations or on the initial kind of a startup uh call uh with a client it's like i'll just talk to them like myself i don't like put on a show um because i think people see that and they'll see that you are genuine uh, mm-hmm. and i think from the get-go that can massively sort of build up that rapport very quickly Mm -hmm. um and then it doesn't matter if you can go ahead and tell them listen yeah this is going to take a while because your side is really bad but at least they'll trust you in saying that and um, (laughs) at least you know they'll kind of like the whole reason you do this is so that as soon as they trust you the sooner you start the the sooner that they trust you say it's from the beginning then it's going to be like you're set basically like as soon as that person trusts you you know you can tell them everything that you know uh, about you know how long the project might take what you're going to do and they'll be receptive nine mm-hmm. times out of ten like they'll just be like okay i understand i got like i trust you you got this um and that's how it should be really it's like there shouldn't really need to be any like of course yeah you'll have people and clients that are very annoying or this but at the end <laughs> of the day it's like do you really want to work with these types of people i feel like you know your your own health uh is is much more important than raising your cholesterol levels over somebody who's <laughs> doesn't get it or is is really rude because yeah you shouldn't need to deal with rude people uh in my oh, opinion d- never deal with rude behavior um i mean have some self-respect in that regard and never deal with rude people but if you have a particularly needy client that's actually a really great opportunity opportunity to add maybe extra customer service time as an extra feature in your package with them and bill them for more time. Um, I've definitely had to work through that and, and particularly like larger websites, like larger clients, maybe they're um, a big manufacturer or they have a lot of locations and they require a lot more of your time period. Billing them for your extra time and communication is also okay. So don't feel like you're sacrificing, like you're going to get paid the same no matter what, whether you talk to the client never or always. Like your time it needs to be paid for. So like don't also feel like you can't charge for that as well. And then I wanted to quickly go back to something that you said too about like that 
that anxiety about talking to clients about setting expectations takes time. And one thing that really helps me and the team that I would train is I would always tell them, you know more than you think. And you get tested on that knowledge when the client asks you those questions. So you kind of build up your own confidence because you are getting these tough questions and you do have the answer. Like, how great does that feel? <laughs> so, so just don't, I know it'll like, sometimes it pings that anxiety, but Keep doing it. Keep trusting yourself. Know it's okay to say, let me find out. And it really does help boost your own confidence. And um, I've seen it time and time again with the people that I've managed over the years. I mean, wise words, Diana, really. That, and <laughs> I'm I, like I, the I, most confident person I know, so it definitely works on me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's perfect. And and I, I really hope that, you know, whoever's listening to this now, you have a much more or a much better understanding about, you know, some ways and tips and how to set expectations. And hopefully you now having listened to this episode, you feel more confident in your ability to do that, which is all, you know, that's why we're here, basically. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Diana, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge uh, about setting SEO expectations. Where can people find you if they want to learn about all the cool stuff you're doing at SEMrush? So I'm all business on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find me on Twitter at DianaRich013 because 13 is my lucky number. And then if you just type in Diana Richardson in LinkedIn, I should pretty much come up um, and you'll see that I, I, I my employment status is at SEMrush. So that's me. <laughs> awesome. Diana, thank you so much for joining me on the SEO Unplugged podcast. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, to everyone listening out there, thank you. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.